Hello, everyone. This is Mark Sloan with ASAP Advisors. Thanks for joining us again for our next podcast installment. Uh, today, Alpesh Patel and I are going to um, talk about scaling the services organization. Um, you know, Alpesh and I have experience in a broad range of organizations from starting with nothing to integrating components of services that have been incubated across a technology organization to, uh, you know, integrating global um, organizations, regional organizations into a, a, a global organization. And, you know, there's a lot of similarities, there's some differences, and, and what we really want to drill into is is how to do that. Um, and so, Alpesh, before we, we jump in, I don't know if there's anything you want to add to that introduction. No, I think, Mark, that's a great point, a great introduction is, is really, you know, how do you scale or what are the, some of the areas of scaling services at different stages of maturity, right? And as you said, um, my our experience, my experience, your experience um, is we've seen uh, organizations where the services is is starting from the ground up. Um, we I've been in organizations where you're starting um, with the functions exist, but they exist maybe not under services, but they're broken into, or they sit under sales or they sit under product and whatnot. And then uh, lastly is, is coming into a very mature organization, which really has the gears that we've talked about in our previous um, podcast, linking everything together. But they're at a mature state where now it's really more around optimization, efficiency, driving, not necessarily uh, um, processes and tools, but really taking those processes, processes and tools that have set them up to be mature, but then now moving up the value stack in the services arena right and so that's great introduction and i think i think you know through our our experience you know we've seen where some of the challenges have been but um no it's it's it's, it's a great topic and i look forward to so getting into it with you mark thanks great great well let's let, let's start with the scenario where you know you're tasked uh as a ps exec with you know building a professional services group right um uh, this might be on a small scale, might be on a uh, you know, regional or even national scale. Um, you know, from, from my experience of both doing this for myself and then consulting to, to other service organizations, but the key thing that, that I think is a, uh, you know, a, a requirement for success or a prerequisite to success is creating repeatability, right? Creating repeatability of sales, repeatability of delivery, repeatability of the you know the the back office operations that are going to support the business and and the reason I say this is um, uh, you know I've probably experienced more of this in my consulting and working with with other service organizations a lot of times they're built in right there's that one consultant who on the team who just you know always goes the extra mile you know works 18 hours a week and they get things done the the challenge there is that's just not scalable, right? I mean, you can go and try and find another hero. Um, but, you know, I, I found that the path to success and the path to, you know, as a, as a leader of the group, not, uh, you know, working all the time yourself is is building, you know, a team of people that can get things done because you've enabled them with process, you've enabled them with with technology. And, you know, things, things I mean about that are creating a, you know, a standard implementation approach, right? And this doesn't have to be, you know, from my old big six days, some you know five-year plan to build out a methodology, but just creating simple steps and tools and, and artifacts that, that make it repeatable. 
it doesn't it doesn't have to be going and getting a big technology solution to help you run the business. It could be doing that in, in Microsoft Excel or or some other you know basic tool, but but making sure that at the beginning you're setting it up so that you know it, it's easy to update, it's easy to go look at your dashboard, it's easy to to, to see where things are going. And so you know that, that, that's a little bit of my experience. Alpesh, I don't know if you have anything to to add there. Yeah, no, great points, Mark. And and I think let me give a perfect example of a situation where you talked about standard processes, standard documentations, tools, technology. Those you have to think about the the, the bigger picture, whether you're starting from nothing, where you you're starting from the middle, or you're at a mature state. Um, think think of things like um, segmentation of your client. Uh, base your client profile right whether you're starting from with nothing you still need to do segmentation of your clients because that will then set you up for the next step and that next step could be well um, that could influence your onboarding program that could influence the type of CRM investment if you don't have a CRM or if you have a CRM what's the next logical additional add-ons that you need features and functions in that CRM to help you to maintain or to build segmentation of your client base, right? That's an example of things, I think, Mark, as you said, standard on, uh, documentation, standard processes. Regardless of where you are, at least in my experience with scaling, you need to start, you need to think about how do I document? How do I have my standard processes or SOPs, right? And if, if you have those, then that will set you up to move to the next level as you scale up where you're scaling from nothing to one to two to three to scaling from, you know, 50 to 100 or whatnot. It really is about thinking about, hey, are my processes lined up? Am I set up for success long long term? Because the other long term play here is thinking about digital transformation. We talk about this thing called digital transformation, but really it's really making sure that your processes are documented, they're followed, and then you can integrate those into a tool as you mature. So I think those are great, great points, Mark. But I think, it, again, it goes to what you said. At the bare bones, you need to be thinking about looking, when you look at this as a big picture, what are my processes? Have they been documented? If not, I need to start documenting those and then start building out those standard operating procedures and having them followed. And then that will then set you up for success, whether you make investments in the future with processes, tools, and technology. Sure, sure. No, that's, that's definitely helpful. Um, I think the, the second scenario we talked about is when there are pieces of professional services that are you know performed you know, within different parts of the technology company. And it, you know, a lot of times these things grow by necessity, right? Initially, maybe there's a sales engineer that you know was was really good at sticking around with the client on the implementation and and then you know he maybe went and hired two or three, four more people and, it, and they were doing a lot of the requirements definition, the configuration, the upfront handholding. But then, you know, custom development, you know, the integration implementation team grew, grew up some someplace else. Uh, you know, I, I, I know you've got some experience, Alpesh, kind of coming into to one of those situations. But how, how do you go about, you know, creating, you know, a comprehensive services organization when you've got components that are done across the organization? Yeah, great points, Mark, right? And so one of the things that I've done to where I've seen sort of those components in different functions is really to come in and sort of talk about the value proposition and, and really start, when I say value proposition, it's really this thing that we've all talked about and we see now called the client experience or the customer experience. 
And how do you make sure that you take the client from the beginning touch point all the way through between pre-sales, sales, delivery, support, client success, and learning and development, right? And making sure that all of those components are all tied and, and, and they're all integrated. And so one of the things that I've done, at least on the front side, in my experience with the sales team is you touched on it, right? And sometimes we've had some really great solutions, architects or solution engineers, and, and, and building out a capability or maturity in that step or that phase to say, here's how, how we're different in our, in our implementation. Here's how we handle you, client. This is how we walk you through. That we start with this, you know, we look at this big picture during the pre-sales, we define what some of the things are looking like, and then how do we integrate that into, how does that integrate into our post-sales journey? And that I think is really critical uh, bridge and explanation to the client is to show that that's how we, this is how we walk you through this, right? But again, it goes back to the topics that we talked about is that that requires standard onboarding, standard documentation, standard processes, standard tool handoffs, all of those kind of things. And that's sort of what I've done is build that out to and have matured that is to show not only how those are critical components, but then how do you connect those, right? And, and, and on the sales engineer side, or let's say you have a sales engineer solutions architect, is really having that individual individuals understand what the implementation looks like, what the post-sales journey looks like, and bringing that story and bringing that integration uh, and mapping to that client in the pre-sales uh, journey. So that way the client understands that, hey, these guys understand this, they understand how, how my business runs, and um, I'm not going to get lost in, in the shuffle. But it, it, And it also sets us up from a services standpoint to really get into that next stages of maturity, right? That we, we talk about starting from nothing, starting in the middle, and then uh, going through to the mature state. No, and I think I think that's a it's a good transition to the, the mature state because um, because I mean they're they're all the front end benefits that, that you're talking about there. I think as you get to that mature state, right? Um, there, there's a lot of back office um, integration that you can start to do. That really helps, you know, one fuel the success of the professional service organization and the company overall, but but also really helps the employees. Um, it, and one of those core things that that I've experienced in my career um, is around resource management, right? And and mobilizing the right resources, managing, you know, and, and meeting utilization targets. Because um, you know, I, I've I've also been in situations where all of a sudden, you know, there were too many people in in a segment of the organization. Um, and, and unfortunately, you know, we, we had to do the downsizing. But I think as you get to that mature state, if you can build effective back office operations, again, around resource management, you can start to forecast out where is our demand, you know, geographically, what skill sets and roles do we need? How does that compare to the people we have on hand? So that you can start to create opportunities for people where you say, look, We've got a surge of demand over here in this part of either the, the globe or this part of the product set that we offer. You know, things aren't maybe as robust over here, but we can create opportunities, pathways for employees to cross train, to travel, uh, you know, globally, to to get into work, right, and, and get experiences that maybe they otherwise wouldn't have gotten. So, it, you know, that there's there's always this focus around resource management of, oh, you, you just want to make me work harder, and, and you want to drive up utilization. Um, but it really does create opportunity for the employee as well. Again, skill set wise, 
essential travel, uh, you know, folks are are, are interested in, in that. Um, that's really just you know, that's that, that's one of the ways, right? And the the, the second thing I've seen um, in getting that mature state is, you know, you you may have a regional organization, maybe it's the west of the U.S. versus, and then another one in the east of the U.S., and then maybe you've got something over in the U.K. and something somewhere else in Europe or Asia, and they've they've all grown up in this way that we've talked about, right? And they've created some repeatability, but now as you're merging these organizations together, right, you've got to find a way then to merge, you know. The way they deliver, right, and yeah. create a, a a more standard implementation approach, so that resources can move from area to area, so that you're sharing best practices, so that you're you're driving some of these efficiencies that you know the scale of the organization enables. Yeah, and and it oh, it comes back again to while you're you may have a standard onboarding for your customers, you have to have a standard sort of on the back end, as you said, standard onboarding for your your team, right? And when I say onboarding, it's not necessarily referring to necessarily hiring new people, but also having them go through standard training, standard documentation, standard following standard processes, right? And taking some of the best of breed from the other regions as you bring those teams together, where if you're lucky and fortunate enough to bring uh, global teams and having them operate at a standard level. I've gone through this where I've had teams in other regions and our, our, you know, what, what I've had to do to sort of be able to scale the teams and leverage those resources, as you said, from other regions or other parts. So you're not having to always constantly hire and maybe in a situation where you overhired, but you've got to optimize your existing team is to basically have at a global level. What is that standard way of doing our work? What is our methodology? What is our process? Here's our standard templates. Here's our standard project plans. Yes, you can tweak it. Right for certain situations, scenarios and whatnot. But you but what you have to do is have that launch, that standard that you launch from, where then you have the ability to say, you know what, my team in 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 in, in North America is running at 80% utilization. Best way to reduce that and bur- reduce burnout is I see a team over here in 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 Europe, they're at 60% utilization. So now I can cross share projects and programs and I can have them come in in the middle of an implementation, let's say, or in the middle of a, a project and have them pick it up. And then if they if they so need to go off, off that project, they can, but they follow the set prescriptive process, documentations, templates, et cetera. So when the person comes uh, and picks it up, you know, they, they know they have confidence that everything that was done prior was done correctly, in, in sequence as it's a standard and all those kind of things. And I'll give you one another example is around, um, you know, I've had experience where we've rolled out uh, CSM, uh, 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 CRM tools and uh, where we've rolled it out in one region. They've sort of adopted it. They've uh, they've sort of perfected some of the, uh, the, the tools within that CRM tool, that some of the metrics. And then we're rolling it out into another region. And so what what I've done there is sort of looked at the other regions to sort of say, what are some of the key KPIs that you're using, have used? Are those still working? Do we need to tweak? But I always I want to keep the 80-20 rule, right? Where 80% of it is standard as we roll out uh, that CRM function or that tool into another region. But we're using the regions, we're keeping the regions pretty consistent as best we can with the, with a lot of the standard KPIs that may have already been rolled out in other regions where they've already adopted. We don't want to create separate, brand new, different set of KPIs for each region because then it starts breaking down um, processes and standards and it doesn't set us up for success with scale. 
No, I think it's, it's a great point, the, the 80-20 rule you mentioned, because when I deal with prospective clients and we start talking about standardization and repeatability, there's you know sometimes a concern of, look, we, we can't make this so cookie cutter, we can't be so robotic because there are nuances, and, and I completely understand that, right? And I think, to your point, it's, it's around creating that 70-80% common core approach um, that, that's going to get tailored. It's going to get tailored across geographies. It's going to get tailored within a geography at times across clients just because of, of unique needs. So this isn't that everything is so cookie cutter, but it is that there's general repeatability. It's easy for people to pick up, move into some you know new area because you know they're they're leaning on a process that they know that they've learned, they've been 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 trained on and, and been helpful. And and I really think ultimately. All of that's the key to scaling a services function, whether you're going from zero to 10 people, from 50 to 500 people, or, you know, 1,000 to 5,000 people is, is creating that repeatability. And it's repeatability on the front end in terms of how you go to market selling services as a product. It's repeatability on how you deliver the work and creating a common methodology. It's, it's repeatability on the operations in terms of, um, you know, to your point, metrics. How are you measuring the business? How are you running resource management? How are you, you know, how are you looking at the uh, the, the the financials there? And I think if if, if organizations can you know, get focused on that it, it, at the beginning, at the small level, it really becomes a lot easier then to to you know continue to execute that standardization repeatability as you uh, as you scale the organization. Yeah, absolutely. And and I, I think as we let's leave the team, let's leave the folks with this nugget, right? A scale that works, right? Premature scaling is responsible sometimes that I've seen for a lot of firefighting, quick fixing, quick band-aids, right? Scale your inputs and services after you've done, after you've proved it out, right? That things are working accurately and repeatedly, right? Don't just jump into, hey, I'm scaling because you've got to, you know, do it in small bites and ch- bits and bytes and prove it out. Right. And, and as you scale from nothing, that that works really well. But even if you're mature, same thing, it still applies. And don't scale, you know, if you're scaling, not scaling based upon leading indicators, not scaling, you're not standardizing pricing and related systems early in your process and then not scaling, you know, not investing in the digital customer success early enough thinking about what, how can I automate these manual processes and tasks that I'm doing? Not thinking about that and incorporating that into your, into your um, uh, strategic plan early. These are, these are things that will, if if you don't make those mistakes, this will help you to scale. And I think, I'm not saying these are the only things, but these are at least my experience through those, through scaling organizations is those, those couple of areas that I just talked about. No, no, I think uh, I, I I like where you're you're leaving it. Um, I you know, I call sort of what you're talking about at the end there the the crawl walk run approach, right? Like don't don't build everything for that final global state. Crawl, learn, adapt, start to walk. You know, again, adapt, refine, um, so that ultimately you're you're up and running, right? Because you you don't want to walk into the CFO and say, well, I need six months and you know a million dollars to to, to go build this process, right? You're going to get laughed out of the room. You, you want to walk in and say, here's how I'm going to develop this. Here's how I'm going to, you know, first, you know, refine it over time. So I need you know, a little bit of money up front. And, and here's, here are the gates that you're going to start to see and the success you're going to start to see along the way. And here's where we're going to learn. Um, yeah. 
But you know, I, I, I think this is this has been a great discussion, Al Pesh. Uh, you know, I think there's a lot of you know devil in the details behind everything we're we're talking about here. But sometimes it's good to just you know lift your head up and uh, you know and start to see that uh, you know that 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 long-term glide path as opposed to getting so focused in in all the details. Yep, exactly. Great. Yeah. Great. Well, uh, you know, thanks again, everybody, for for joining us. Um, you know, we'll uh, we'll be back again soon with uh, the next installment.